Like it's really, really hard work and it's not easy. Like even as you're going on in life, like you're going to run into something and you didn't know it was going to be an issue, but you've got to do it for, for at least yourself. Welcome to the latest episode of It's Not Human Sexuality. I'm Dr. Betsy Cairo, or Dr. B. And I'm Mandy Johnson. With us today is a young woman who is a former student of both me and Dr. Cairo. My mom knows and isn't doing anything like, you know, is any other adult in my life going to do anything about it? I've learned, like, you you always got to, like, you got to take care of yourself. Like, sometimes there's no one else that will take care of you. Luckily, like, there's quite a few, like, really nice, like, people out there in the world. <laughs> I met Jessica Romelli in her freshman year and had her in at least one class every year of her high school career. The last class she took as a senior was one of the pilot classes that Betsy and I co-taught called Reproductive Development. This was our second pilot of a semester-long class for high school students focused entirely on reproductive health and the first class to use Dr. B's high school textbook. Jessica is also a sexual abuse survivor, and in her sophomore year of high school, she was challenged to share her story with others and face her abuser in court to put him in jail. Jessica is here to share her story and how she was able to come out the other side. Welcome, Jessica. It's so good to have you here tonight, and I'm so excited to see you. It was been since 2014, and look at how much you've grown, and we're excited to see uh, what's happened since then. and and monitor and follow along with your story. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> I know I'm excited too. Were you ready? Cool. Good. Good. Yeah, this is this is big. It is. And we're really honored. Yes. To have you here. So, um if you don't mind just if first kind of telling us in your audience a little bit about what you've been doing since you graduated high school. It's been what, like, yeah, seven years, 2014. So, wow. What have you been doing with your life since then? Um, I went to college. I I finished college. I went to a Goose's Coffee. Miss Laura actually recommended it to me. And so that's where I went. And so I did that, graduated from there. Um, it's like a 10-month program, and you just cook, like, every day for six hours. It was wonderful because, like, I didn't want to go to a university and, like, take like math and science classes that I didn't need and it was a lot cheaper so all so is that. it a culinary degree mm-hmm yeah I have a culinary degree yeah so I did that worked at a grocery store for five years which I shouldn't have spent five years there but it's okay and now I'm kind of just working at wing check and trying to like remodel my house that me and my sister live in and like make it our own so nothing nice. super crazy exciting, but just, just the everyday living life. But that's, you know, you're, yeah. You're, yeah. I did All meet right. my half brother like right after high school. So that was cool. I finally got to meet him. That okay. is cool. Or do you guys talk now or do you stay in touch? Yeah, we, we talk and I go out and see him like once a year cause he lives in Vegas. So I go out and see, I try to go out and see him once a year. So 
this year he's kind of trying to come out here because he's never been to Colorado. Oh, that'll be fun. That's a it's a nice place to visit. I mean, I hope that he doesn't like it too much because there's so many people here. But <laughs> but it is a nice place to visit. It's a wonderful place to visit <laughs> and a great place to live. So it's, okay, yeah, everybody knows it's like secret. Okay, got it. Yeah. So um, if you're if you're willing and and as much as you're willing, can you share your your story with our listeners and and us. It's been a long time since I've heard this story. Yeah, just like from like the beginning, really. Yeah. Like the gist of it is like, you know, I was sexually abused for 10 years by my mom's ex-husband from the age of four to about the age of 14. Um, And my mom did know about it the majority of the time. Like, I want to say she like first found out when I was about seven years old. And so, yeah, she knew about it the whole time, witnessed it. Um, Unfortunately, she never did anything about it. Um, And I made a promise to myself that I would report my abuse before I graduated high school. That was always a promise I made to myself. And um, my cousin, which was actually his niece, um, is a social worker for the military. And I just told her one day, it just kind of, I just kind of came out and I told her. And then she reported it, but she lived in Kansas. So it took like maybe like, I don't know, I want to say maybe a day or two like to get like, you know, here for the police to like come to my house and everything. Um, And yeah, so it was kind of weird because um, talking to Sam, Miss Sam, I don't know if you remember her, Miss Mestis. Also, you'll always be Miss Mestis to me. (laughs) (laughs) To a lot of people. (laughs) I don't know how to call you Miss Johnson. That's okay. And um, yeah, so like after talking to her, like the day my sister, my stepsister picked me up early from school is the day that like, um, you know, the social worker and the police like showed up to my house and everything. They were supposed to like come to me at school. But like just like a weird coincidence that happened to be the day my older sister picked me up early from school. So they came to my house and, um, you know, he wasn't there at work at the time. So um, he was at work at the time. So they took me and my mom and my little sister and my older sister to the police station. And we, you know, that's when they started the questioning um, and they were kind of waiting for him like at our house to like for him to show up so they could arrest him and bring him in and um the after fact is like uh like we had to like we couldn't stay at our house like we had to like go stay at my grandpa's house for a few days um I don't remember like the details why like he wasn't like put in jail like um immediately like I know he was bailed out at one point so that might have been it. Um, I thought he was bailed out later, but like I feel like that's the only thing that makes sense. Um, so yeah, he was bailed out. We were staying with my grandpa for a while, and like staying with some family friends, and um, until like you know he was like until he found like another living situation, and um, you know because he wasn't in jail until like the actual court date, and then. Um, that Miss Mestis came with me too, and then so that's when he was like officially arrested and he was put in a jail for his sentence was like six years to life um, with probation. I was like twenty years to life probation afterwards. Um, 
And then he tried to get out on early release at one point. And I actually got the opportunity to like write a letter and show up to the court date and present that letter. And I did. And it actually kept him in jail like for an additional year. So he spent seven years in jail. So that, that means he's out now, just, just recent? Well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he got out. Would have been a couple of years ago, though, because that was freshman, sophomore year when, when we went yeah, to court, so, right? Yes. Yeah, so. So 2012. We yeah, 2012, 2013. So 2019 is when he. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Like, right, like you know, before the pandemic. So. Yeah. So. A couple follow-up questions when I when I hear that story is, um, how did your mom feel when you when you turned him in? Being as she knew about it, what but wasn't doing anything herself was like, was that a, a source of contention at all, or was it she was relieved that it got dealt with and she didn't have to, or how was that? Um, how did that go down for her and you guys? She actually like, got in trouble for like child endangerment. Um. So she kind of, you know, she didn't spend any jail time or anything, but she, like, it's on her record now, child endangerment. Like, she'll never be able to work, like, in a school or anything like that. Um, so, but, yeah, she, it was kind of weird. She, I guess she felt relief that she didn't have to do it. Um, she, like, she never even really apologized that, like, she never did anything. Um like unfortunately like we got we got with really big fights over the years like and unfortunately like she blames me she was like she has told me she um she said it was you know it was my fault I should have known it was wrong um and I told her I was like mom I was a baby <laughs> like I kind of figured out it was wrong when starting school you know and they talk about good touches and bad touches and things like that but I never did anything because I was terrified and I you know and she should have been as a parent, but, you know, she wasn't. And to this day, I don't know. She doesn't. Yeah, we just kind of avoid the topic because it just brings up a fight with us. Yeah. So you do have a relationship with her? Somewhat. Yeah. Well, can I just go ahead and emphatically state that it was not your fault? Yeah. It was never your Did fault. It. it was. Oh, yeah. Never your fault. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know Thanks. you know yeah. that Luckily, now, like... but it was never your fault. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Many years of therapy. Many. Yes. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, did he, can I ask uh, another question? Did he threaten you? Did he say, if you tell, this is what's going to happen? I mean, uh, you know, we hear a lot of textbook talk like that, that this is often the manipulated piece of it, you know, putting pressure on you to feel responsible for your other family members. Yeah. So like, I actually like remember this very like specifically, he told me um, not to tell anyone um, like, and it was very beginning. Like I, like I said, I was probably like four, maybe five when he was telling me this and he was like, you can't tell anybody or else like I'll get taken to jail and I'll leave your mom and it'll, you guys will be alone. And he was like, and do you want that? And, you know, I said, no. So I was, you know, I stayed quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a threat on the whole family and the, the system that the family system that was there in place. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the first time my mom actually like walked in on him and saw him, the next morning, she like they 
were sitting on the living room and I walked in and she goes, she like asked me and I was, like I said, I think I was about seven. So like I was tiny and she asked me, she goes, do you want me to leave him? And I was like, you know, I was on the spot and I just looked at them both and I said no. And they were like, okay. And then I just, I went to my room and that was the end of the, the discussion. That was it. Wow. 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 Uh, wow. That's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of pressure to put on a seven year old kid. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. That's Did she ever ask speechless. that question again as you got older? Nope. It was like, that was it the one time. So that was the only time she ever acknowledged it to you outside of court? Um. Yeah, for the, I mean, like there was a few like small instances, like, well, I guess they're not really small. They're kind of big, but <laughs> they feel small to me, I guess, in the overall that she like brought it up. Um, like one time, um, the, he was putting a camera in the bathroom, like every time before I went in there to take a shower and my mom had figured it out and she told me about it and she was like, Hey, he's putting, you know, he's going into the bathroom before you go, like take a shower every day. I've noticed. Can you look around? And so I did and I found a camera and it was actually one he had like bought me for Christmas, like that I had like asked for so like me and my sister could like make videos and so I found it and I was livid. Like, I want to say, I want to say I was, okay, so the house we were living in, so I had to have been like freshman year. And I, I was going to say, I think you were a freshman because I, I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. Yeah. So like I found it and I had like, I was so mad. I held it under the water in the shower until the screen went black and I put it back and acted like nothing happened. And then he was livid when he like, when I got out of the shower and then he went in. And, like, found it. He never said anything, but, like, I knew he was mad because, like, I just knew. What about your siblings? What did what did they experience? Um, so my little sister was, like, 11, I think, when we reported it, when I reported it. And um, so she didn't really completely understand what was happening. Um, I don't know what my mom told her or, like, anything like I, she understood that he was going to jail I don't know if she really understood why um so yeah she I don't know she like I don't I don't know how she really felt about it at the time um and then my older sister um she's my so she's his daughter she um she's always kind of like just been on his side like he has lived with her when we went to court she sat on his side um so that was pretty tough. Um, but we like still have a relationship and we still talk, but like I wouldn't, we're not close. Um, and then I actually have a stepbrother that was also his son. So the sister you live with is the little sister. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then I have a stepbrother that's also his son. And uh, we weren't really cl close, like that close when we were like, you know, younger um he like sent like an apology you know he was like i'm sorry i didn't do anything um he like texted us an apology and he was like i'm really sorry like he kind of felt responsible it's kind of awkward with him we've never talked about it i don't really see him he lives in texas so but he he's mad he wants nothing like he has a daughter um and he's like i will you know she'll never know like about anything about him you know for a long time so as far as i know she knows nothing about him that she's yeah, I don't know what she knows. 
to be honest but my half brother we don't live together like or like we didn't even meet until i was like 18 so he was mad obviously but it didn't really like affect him as much as the rest of us i would say and you had mentioned that it's not a topic you and your mom talk about so is it something that is avoided completely in your family like all over with everybody um me and my sister, my little sister, will talk about it, like, um, especially since she's gotten older. Um, she's, like, debated on, like, talking to him, like, meeting him, things like that, and asked me, like, how I felt about it. Um, you know, and I told her, I was like, it's your choice, it's your dad, like, I understand, like, you're old enough now. Um, you know, I just, like, was like, don't bring up my name or anything, you know, like, don't talk about me. That's all yeah. I ask. Um and then, yeah, none of my other family members, we don't really, we don't really talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. So how did it make you feel like knowing that, that, that your mom knew and, and wasn't saying anything? So kind of being ignored and, and, and I mean, I don't know how, how did it, there's a lot of feelings wrapped up in this story <laughs> that like, how did you feel when you were, I mean, you said you were livid when you found out you were being watched um, in the shower, but you know, was there, was there an extra level of violation there, um, that you felt even on top of the violation you'd been feeling before or, um, what kind of feelings were you, I, I curious about how you feel. I just <laughs> like don't know how to word mom? it right. Yeah. Or like okay. with, with all kinds of things. I've got a lot of parts of your story. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, and how ignored, that make you feel? Ignored is an interesting word, right? Because it's almost that would almost maybe even be better than being discounted or mm -hmm. not believed or, right. you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I think her knowing is a large part of the reason why, like I never said anything to anyone. Cause I was like, well, if my mom knows and isn't doing anything like, you know, is any other adult in my life going to do anything about it? And, um, I like, there's, there's a lot of anger between me and my mom. Um, like, I think there will forever be because she, like, refuses to do any therapy. Um, like, I've kind of forgiven her for me, like, for my own sanity. But, you know, not obviously not for her. Um, and, like, she's my only parent I got left. So I do, like, have a relationship with her as much as I can. And, like, um, no, but there's still, there's still a lot of anger. And, I, I you know, there might be for you know, the rest of our lives. I don't know. That's, that's understandable. Yeah. Very justifiable. Yeah. She chooses to do nothing about it. So, you know, there's not much I can do. <sighs> so I remember when the first time you told me this story and how difficult it was for you to talk about and, um, I remember. you know, yeah, all of, all of that. So I'm wondering, um, what have you done between then and now that's brought you to a place where you're able to talk about it and, um, and share your story so openly and, um, you know, what's, what's changed or what's, what have you, what have you done? Cause it's obviously something you've done and worked on. So like um, what yeah. steps have you taken yeah. to, to get to this place where you're the healing, the healing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been in and out of therapy for like, um, you know, like I'm 25 now. So going like 11 years then since I was like for, yeah, maybe 10 or 11 years now in and out of therapy. Like I started like really consistently, like twice a week, like I'd go and see like my actual therapist and then like I'd have group therapy. Um, 
And then like as I got older and I was kind of like coping with things on my own, like I'd take breaks, you know, for maybe like even like a year and then go back for a while. I do still talk to Sam like very like regularly, like, um, you know, because my therapist, like I can't just like, you know, text her when something like comes up small in life, you know, that yeah. like it was a trigger and I wasn't aware of. So Sam's been like a good one for that. Like I'll text her and I'll be like, you know, I didn't, I didn't know this was going to bother me and, or I didn't, you know, I didn't know, like when you initially like report everything, you don't think about the future. Um, so, you know, there's just things in life, like for example, like my grandpa passed away last year, which was his dad. Um, and I, I was terrified, um, like going to the funeral, like going out to California. I didn't know if he was going to be allowed to go cause I didn't want to see him. Um, and if I did see him, I didn't know how I was going to react. But mm -hmm. like, you know, flight, fight, fret, can't say it now. Fight, flight, or freeze. Like, I didn't know which one I was going to do. Yeah. Like, um, you know, and I didn't want to, like, cause drama at my grandpa's funeral because I felt like, you know, that would be disrespect on his part. Um, so I, like, talked to my therapist about that and my cousin, who is the social worker, like, you know, I was like, I don't know what to do. I unfortunately ended up not going. Um, just cause I, I was scared. I really was. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't know what was going to happen. He ended up like his, his parole officer, like ended up not even allowing him to go. Um, but you know, I didn't know that until last minute. So yeah, it's just like small things in life that still definitely do come up, but I don't know. I'm not, it's not something that I'm ashamed of. So that's why I can talk about it so easily. Like, I don't know. I, I'll tell, you know. I'm pretty I'm pretty open with people like when it comes to even like dating, you know, because especially my age, like and they like, you know, want to be like sexual. And I'm like, you know, like, here's my past. Like, since we're bringing about this, here's my past. So you're going to have to be slow with me and patient with me. And we're going to have to take things at my speed, <laughs> you know, and that's the end of the story. Like that, like, you know, I don't there's not it's not really open for discussion. <laughs> right. Right. And and it shouldn't be. I mean, that's that's what consent is, is. And boundary setting yes. and right. All those important. Yeah. I've like never honestly, like it's very surprising. Like I've never really had issues with like guys in the past. Like, you, like a couple of them have just like stopped talking to me and I'm like, well, whatever. Like if you know, not worth my time then. Um, and like some guys are like, Oh, like, you know, they don't know what to say. They're like, I completely understand though. And that's fine. Like, We'll take things at your speed. You let me know if there's something that's uncomfortable and things like that. So luckily, like, there's quite a few, like, really nice, like, people out there in the world. <laughs> so I'm going to switch gears just a little bit on you and ask you um, how, like, as a senior, you took our reproductive health class. And um, I'm wondering if that class had any kind of impact on you during that time while you were going through some of this. Um, yeah, I mean, like your class, like all your classes did, like almost like every day in my life. Like, oh, thank you. <laughs> they like, like the little things in life. I'm like, Miss Mesta said, um, <laughs> like, you know, to be honest, you know, and like, <laughs> And don't be afraid to ask people if they have STDs. Like I have, I've asked every person, and like, um, and I don't know, I'm just, I love it. <laughs> I'm not trying to get nothing. 
<laughs> and like every day, like even like Kyra, my little sister, she'll be like, Miss Mesta said, like, cause I'll, <laughs> it's just kind of a thing in our house. Like, um, <laughs> like it, every day, like little things to like budgeting. I think I tagged you this on Facebook oh, one time. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get like my eyes from my mom and like my nose from my dad and my budgeting skills from Miss Mestis. Yeah, and, I remember that. <laughs> I'm feeling a yeah, little just, immortal like, lots here. Of little things in life. Yeah, she, I can see her ego growing. <laughs> There's not enough space in this room right now. No, no, I always, I always said that's going to be my immortality. Is that is that the lessons budgeting. I teach will get taught to? That's the idea, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the immortality of a teacher right there. <laughs> um. I'm trying to think of an example. Like, m I still have my reproductive development book, and Yay. like my sister was like going through a lot of boys, and so I whipped out the reproductive development book and I showed her pictures of STDs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, slow it down. <laughs> slow it down. <laughs> be safe. Like all of the above. <laughs> there you go. All of the above. Yes. All of the above. Did I it help? That. Did it help her? Oh yeah, I th think I scarred her a little bit, but. She, oh. she knows now <laughs> well yeah knowing is power that's what i learned from gi joe knowing is the power knowledge is power so and now you know and knowing is half the battle now you know that's what he always said so um i know that both betsy and i have a very specific memory from mm -hmm. from that class um that involves you and and i was you know, part of me was pretty curious if you had any memory of that, but you probably don't because <laughs> it's a pretty But it had a huge memory, impact but... on me because I didn't know your history. Mm -hmm. So we were, we had handed out the textbooks and I don't even know if it was day one, two, three, what, er, real early in the semester. And um, Mandy had asked everybody to sort of go through the book and tag all the chapters and, you know, write down questions or you know, what are you thinking about each chapter? What chapter are you excited for? And we have a chapter in there on sexual abuse and coercion and, and that sort of thing. And um, it was after class and you had gone up to Mandy's desk and you were talking, you weren't whispering, but it was quiet. And I was putting my things away across the room. And I remember you said to her, is this the story you're thinking mm -hmm. about? You said, I don't, I don't know if I can do this chapter on sexual abuse. I don't know if I can be here for that. And you said, that's fine. And then you said, it's like Betsy followed me around and wrote down my story. And the impact. I do actually remember this. And I and the impact that had on me. And I know it. it see, I still get goosebumps. I, I literally like, just got some. It tears again. <laughs> and the impact that had on me was how important it is to teach this topic to our youth so they don't feel so isolated and that they're the only person. And I remember Mandy explaining to you, you're not alone. This is why she wrote this book. This is why this chapter exists because there's so much information and data out there, unfortunately, but you're not alone. And, and then you said, I just don't know if I can come to class that day. And, and she's, and Mandy said, that's fine. But you did. You showed up that day and you stayed through the whole chapter. And I was just so impressed with your with your maturity and your resilience of of doing that. Do you remember that? Yeah, I actually I remember like we made like a plan. Um, if I was like, you know, if I were uh, uncomfortable, like um, so like 
I I remember I got up like I like got really nervous like really early on and I got up and I went and sat with Miss Mestis in the back seat like in the back row like just next to her just you know that's where I felt comfortable I kind of sat in the front mm-hmm. so I didn't, yeah, you didn't I did. like I knew nobody knew but it felt like in a way everybody was looking at me like everybody knew but like I knew they weren't you know um so I had to like you know go sit in the back and I but yeah no I stayed the whole time I I wanted to like I really did want to hear it all like and hear like I don't know like from I just want yeah. I just wanted to know I don't know <laughs> yeah. no I remember that so like it was yesterday I mean for me because it was so um it was powerful for both was, of us yeah it's very moving yeah it's 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 one of the stories that we share, obviously without using names or whatever, but it's one of the stories we share every time we talk about our pilot classes and how important those classes are and why why we need these, you know, these classes and that textbook in schools and stuff. It's we you know we have a we have a small handful of stories, but that is definitely one of them because it was such a big moment. Um, I feel special. <laughs> <laughs> you should, Jessica. You are special. And I had the first like written copy of your mom's book because you like yes, printed you it out for me so I could read it. Oh yeah, you that. had the manuscript, is what you had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I did. privilege. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We just had her on a, a few weeks ago. Um, her 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 episode just aired a couple weeks ago, I guess. Um, but yeah, she just shared her story as well. So. Let's hear about what um, lessons you have learned from your past that will help you improve your own future and maybe even the future of other people. It's a big question. <laughs> it is. Um, like, unfortunately, like, I've learned, like, you, you've always got to, like, you got to take care of yourself. Like, sometimes there's no one else that will take care of you. So you got to, you know, you just, you just got to do it sometimes. And, and... You know, I've always looked out for my little sister, too. And, like, she was always in the back of my mind. Like, you know, like, I got, you know, I got to do this for her. You know, I'm not going to leave her behind if, you know, I move on, like, going to college, like, out of state. Because that was my original plan. I was like, I'm getting so far away from here. Um, and, like, and there's, it's honestly, like, I wish that, like, everybody in, my, in a way had, like, my hate, my brain. Because, like, it's really nothing to be ashamed about. Like... Oh, it's just it's just not like there's so many people that have been through it like it's one in four I want to say like one in every four women has been um abused in their life and um in a way like Sam asked me like yesterday because I told her I was like I'm doing a podcast with Miss Mestis tomorrow and she was like what are they hoping to learn from it and I was like um I was like you know that's a good question I was like I think they just like really just want my story out there and for me, like, um, like a large part of the reason why I brought it up is so, like, at the very least, like, I don't know, maybe somebody will hear my story and they are like, you know, once again, like, I'm not alone. Like, I mean, I know therapists say that all day, every day, but, you know, maybe there'll be someone my age and they're like, okay, like, you know, I feel a little bit better. Um, or, you know, even maybe there'll be someone that listens to it and they haven't reported their abuse yet and then they will. Or, yeah, hopefully, like, it just impacts somebody. And, like, I don't know. I just, like, I just want to be, like, open about it. And, I don't know. 
I just like, like I said, I wish everybody could just not be ashamed of it and, um, and not be ashamed about like a lot of things in life. Like miss, like what you'd said, like, you know, ask people if they're clean, (laughs) like, (laughs) like just from the class in general, like, and you know, it's not wrong to ask, like, (laughs) do you have an STD? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? I just want to know. Do you know? Yes. Do you know? Because <laughs> like, like I need a, to know. <laughs> it it yeah you do, <laughs> and I, I maintain. <laughs> I literally just used that line in my class yesterday because yesterday was Do my STIs know? class day, and you know talked about yeah you you've got to ask you, and if they don't know. Talk to them about where they can go get tested because there's there's plenty of places. So. Yeah, knowledge is power. All right, how about a lighthearted question? What are you binge watching right now on Netflix or whatever um, you binge Hulu, watch on? Amazon Prime. So um, when the pandemic started, I started Grey's Anatomy, um, mm-hmm. oh. and now every time there's a new episode out, me and my sister are watching it. Um, like we're, we're behind a couple weeks. So after this, that's probably what we're going to watch. Um, <laughs> I also got into the circle on Netflix really big. I just finished the second season last night. <laughs> okay. I've heard of that one, that but one. I haven't watched it. It's, it's, it's like a, a reality show, social media thing, right? Yeah. It's something a movie real. about something like that, right? That's the social dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I didn't Grey's think I was going to get into it, but it was really good. Okay. Grey's Anatomy and the Circle. Well, let me tell you, if you started watching Grey's Anatomy from the beginning, you had a lot of episodes to watch. I, I oh. started watching Grey's Anatomy about three years ago. Oh, because, yeah. And, and I'm still in season 16. I, I, I'm refusing to watch the whole thing because I don't want to get to the point where it's week to week. Um, so I just... Well, we've but, been watching Grey's Anatomy from the beginning, like timely. That's what my mom. And then has we been kept doing. hoping it would just end, and the season needs to, you know, the series needs to end. And finally, Bill, it's like, do you want to keep watching this? And I go, I don't. Like at some point, we just had to break up with Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> we just had to be like, I, I, have I've been through thick and thin with these people, and just ended already. Okay? And they've almost all died every time. And I need closure. <laughs> this is yeah. the last season, season seventeen. This is the last one. Are right. you sure? Because they keep saying that, and then they change their minds. Like, well, maybe no, I think, one more. I really think it is. Like, if you started watching season seventeen, like it's on Hulu. Like, you can see I, the ending come. Yeah, coming. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Well, I guess that's that's at least motivation enough for me to get back and watch finish watching season sixteen. Oh yeah, no, we were watching ends. multiple episodes <laughs> a night. We were up till like two in the morning watching Grey's Anatomy. It was bad. Yeah. And and the best part about watching that show, binge watching, is that suddenly you're like some kind of medical expert at the end of it. <laughs> you know, you can like talk medicine and yeah. Like I know what that well, is. Well, it's kind of <laughs> like when, oh, I won't, maybe I shouldn't use this example, but when people talk about porn teaching young people how to have sex, mm-hmm. I always told my students, if that were true, I could be a surgeon, you know, because yeah, if you if, could if, learn how to, because I, I didn't watch Grey's Anatomy to become a doctor. So, you right. know, and then they're like, oh, good point. Yeah, because it's not real. <laughs> but you like could surgicize somebody, right, Jess? Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Like I could repl- I could give somebody a brand new heart. Like I'm yeah. Christina. Young. I know it. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
All right. My last uh, question is if you had one piece of advice for a young person who might be struggling with the same thing, um, what would you tell them? You that like you've got to like for for you, like if for no one else, like if for you, like you you have to like report your abuse, you have to like go through like it's really hard work, like going through therapy and sitting in front of a stranger like in the very beginning and telling your whole story every single detail with a camera watching you like you you have to do it in the end though like it's worth it because here I am like I'm really open about it I'm on a podcast and I kind of brought this idea up and I was like if you want to ask me questions that's fine yeah you did so (laughs) like yeah like it's really really hard work and it's not easy like even like I said like as you're going on in life, like you're going to run into something and you didn't know it was going to be an issue, but you've got to do it for, for at least yourself. And is it easier to, to go through all that hard work than to suffer the abuse? A hundred percent. Yeah. Great question. Oh yeah. Great answer. Yeah. 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 Like I would never, ever go back. Nothing in the world. Like, yeah. And, and I knew that would be your answer. I don't even know if I'd say I'd change anything. <laughs> think you'll ever write a book? Um, I don't know. I'm not. I don't think I'm the best writer. I mean, I can when I have a, when I have my moments, but I don't know if I could write a whole book. <laughs> I could do like a TED talk. <laughs> oh yeah, there. You oh go. yeah, there you go. Would you like to do that? Let's get you on a you TED know, maybe. talk. <laughs> well, that's very cool. Yeah, I feel like I could talk about it way more than I could write about it. Well, Jess, it's been great having you on. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. And thanks, too, for the offer of having um, being a guest. I appreciate it a whole bunch. And uh, it's been really good seeing you and catching up. Yeah, I agree. And somebody out there is going to listen to this and say, I guess I need to make a call. Yep. And I need to get out of this situation. Or I need to stop hating myself or I need to stop whatever. Right. Yep. Good job. Very nice. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, literally anytime. Okay, good. (laughs) It's really nice to see her now all these years later after having her in class. You had her way more in class than I did, but even that one semester I had her team teaching with you, it was, it's just really quite remarkable what she has done and, um, seeing her and having her tell her story and just be so in a different place. She seems so much healthier now. Oh, for sure. Just, I mean, just in so many ways, just, yes, she tells her story. It's part of her story, but it's not, it's just, um, steady, just Mm -hmm. solid, I guess. I don't know what the feeling is. I think solid is a good description. She, I, I remember her in high school, and, and Solid would not have described no, her in right. any way, shape, or form. And, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, absolutely. And and you can just, you can see it in her face and mm-hmm. her demeanor and every part mm-hmm. of her, how much she's changed, and that's really cool. It's, but this part that is still, that was always the underlying part of her was taking care of others, mm-hmm. and I think that's still there for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, maybe not to the expense of her feelings, but definitely... You know, and I found it impressive that she tries to have a relationship with her mother. Yeah, I would, I would maybe struggle with that a little bit, but yeah, kudos to 
I, her, I think I'd struggle with it a lot. Yeah. So you're a bigger person than I am. Well, and I, I mean, I like that she said she, you know, she was able to forgive her mom for her. Yeah, that's you know, important. And that, that you yeah. know, yeah, I don't think she'd probably be able to have that relationship with her mom had she not. Yeah, your mom um, did that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a big, important step to healing. It but, is. Yeah. yeah, they always say anger consumes the vessel that carries it. Yes, they do. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was fun. And I am going to follow through on that TEDx thing. I am going to submit her name. Nice. Sometimes it depends on what their theme is for that mm-hmm. year, you know, yeah. so whether or not it fits or whatever, but definitely probably a story they'd want to hear. I'm sure it is. Well, I'm going to follow up with watching the 16th season of Grey's Anatomy, so. Oh, the butler did it. <laughs> it always is the butler. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> This podcast was created to promote Look Both Ways and the textbook written by me, Dr. Cairo. Look Both Ways is a nonprofit organization based in Loveland, Colorado, with a mission to educate our youth about their reproductive health to make informed decisions for their future. We do this by educating the educators through professional development, and we also put on free conferences for both teens and parents of teens. Textbooks used in schools are donated by Look Both Ways to eliminate the money obstacle for schools interested in piloting or adopting our curriculum and textbook. As a nonprofit, we are always fundraising and accepting donations. For more information about Look Both Ways, our fundraising efforts, getting a textbook donated to you, or make a donation, please visit us at lookbothways.us. That's L-O-O-K-B-O-T-H-W-A-Y-S.us. This podcast was produced by Peach Islander Productions in Fort Collins, Colorado. This is Dr. B. And I'm Mandy Johnson wishing you well. Be sure and catch all of our episodes of It's Not Human Sexuality on Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why don't you start again with, this is Dr. P. Oh, jeez.